0: Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, hey, so um, my word this morning, um, I better jump into this. I've just got a few themes here that, that are, are reasonably familiar to us as a church that I want to speak to and just also just reflecting back on on um, our conference. I'm aware that not everyone in the room made it to our conferences, uh, and there were a few key themes from the conference. I just want to reiterate, because we want to go somewhere together as a church, and God was really laying and building upon a a foundation, really, last week um, that is going to carry us into the future. And there's some amazing things that happened uh, last weekend, some outward physical healings and some awesome beautiful words prophetic things over people's lives but there were also hidden things that were doing you know were happening and some things that happened last weekend were just kind of mysterious you're like well what did that mean we're not sure but God is working out his kingdom in the life of our church and so whether you made it to conference or not you know we don't want anyone to feel like they're missing out or being left behind we're all in this uh, together. And, um, I just want to share this story because, you know, God is, uh, he is so passionate about lost things. He's so passionate about lost people, um, and, and, and pieces of our life that, that, you know, that could be, you might be sitting there today and you feel like, man, I feel like there's a dimension of my life missing. And I know I've shared this story before, but about uh, 20 years ago, I was at my studio, art studio, in uh, the center of Christchurch. Um, I just had to drop, pop out to the back room. And while I was out there, someone came in and stole my wallet. And um, I, I knew it had been stolen. I knew exactly where it was, and then it was suddenly gone. And I, and, 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 and I was just like, wow. Oh. That's crazy, there's a little bit more to it, but you know, I was like, that's crazy, Holy Spirit. Um, you know where my wallet went, what What do you wanna tell me um, about where my missing wallet is? And I immediately got a picture of the building two doors down and I saw my wallet in my mind's eye sitting on top of a toilet, crazy. I walk out of the building, I walk down the street into the building, ask reception, where's the toilets? boys that way, good. I went to that, uh, to the boys, and my wallet was sitting on top of the urinal. That happened, <laughs> because God cares about missing things. He cares about lost people. He cares about your stuff. The things that you care about, He deeply cares about. And so He, uh, this morning, is about just like leaning into the fact that He specializes in in restoring lost people and lost treasures to us i love isaiah 61 and i read this last week well actually the the, the uh, verses after this but i just wanted to land on verse uh, 1 to 3 here today it says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Isn't that interesting, the synergy between the day of vengeance and the comfort? For those who mourn, my like God is, I will I will have, my, I will release my comfort. My, my vengeance looks like comfort. And, and then it says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Then this is it, to, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Come on. Uh, I had a Mark 1 Ford Capri. It was built in uh, 1974, the same year as me, which was a good year. Uh, this was pretty much exactly what it looked like, the same the same color. And I had uh, invested some serious time and money into it. I love Fords. My dad was a Ford guy. We had a console. We had a Zephyr. We had Cortinas. We had a Falcon. It was all like, that was it. Every, it wasn't Jap, crap. It was a Ford, you know, that was... That was all about, you know, that was my dad. You know, he loved his Fords. And I just installed this new stereo in the car. And it was before you could just click the the face. You know, you could, but you could click a button and the whole thing came out and just put that in your back pocket and walk away because that was convenient. But anyway, you could take the whole stereo out. And then I was driving to work one day and um, just going past where Northwood is now. and, And I was just doing the speed limit a car from behind beeped. And then suddenly I lost power. And then suddenly a flame shot up the front window. And I was like, I probably should pull over. And uh, I I pulled over to the side of the road. And then I watched my beautiful car just get roasted. It caught fire, it burnt to a crisp, there was black smoke billowing, everything went up. I remember like this bus going past and it had to stop at the lights or something and all these children just like looking at my car and I was like, <laughs> and, and I was I was pretty gutted after that, you know, and, and I thought, and I actually made a vow, I was like, I am never going to invest money into cars again in my life. That's how we break that vow, you know, if you've got a Ford Capri lying around that you want to donate to me. I receive that in Jesus' name. Is that a word, Joe? No, you don't have one? Okay, so it might be your day. (laughs) You know, if you've been alive for more than a decade or so, it's reasonably likely that, you know, you've been burnt in life. You know, uh, we can get burnt in so many ways. Our, our cars can get burnt. Our property can get burnt. But, you know, in relationships, we can get burnt. Uh, our, in finances, you know, we can, we can get burnt by our finances, uh, our family. You know, sometimes those closest to us, we go, oh, man, I got, you roasted me. I feel that hurt. I feel a little singed after that conversation. In marriage, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, man, you can get some heat going there. In the wrong kind of way. I mean, like, you know, not our marriage. Um, You guys know what I'm talking about. I just released discernment to the front row. Um, But sometimes it can be so bad that we're left with a pile of ash, like my car, like my Capri. And there's not my, you know, you can take an ash heap and just go, oh, I want to create something like, you know, a unicorn riding on a rainbow out of this ash heap. It, it's just ash. You can't really do anything with ash. It's changed into carbon. It's it's not at all what it was. Uh, and in biblical times, ashes were actually, they were associated um, with pain and loss and suffering And because people would actually literally cover themselves In ash is an outward expression of their inward grief or pain or loss. And they would sit in ash. And yet Isaiah 61, it says this, that the Father can take basically what has become a symbol of ash and make that a perfect location for a crown to be bestowed upon. I love that. Whatever has been burnt, whatever has been roasted, whatever seems too far gone, God is saying in His Word that I can make that a location for a crown to be laid upon. I, a crown of beauty, a crown also re- represents authority. And I believe I'm just here today to tell some people that your ash heap is destined to be crowned. Come on, that is the redemptive story of. Of Jesus Christ. That is the exchange of the cross where we give our brokenness, we release our sin and our curse, and He says, I want to give you an upgrade. I want to bless your life, not because you have done the good stuff, but because I have the power to, to bless you and I have the grace uh, for you and God wants to place something new and of great value, I believe, on lives here today and on on our church here today, on on people here. is all about restoration. I remember uh, when I and when I had, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about some more burnings that I had in life. So a few more ash heaps, you know. I remember in um, my first sprint race as a five or six year old. Does anyone remember those? traumatic athletic days um not the husbands like that's the lineup of the perfect athletes there and 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 the the teacher would stand behind you and they'd get the two blocks and they'd like clap them together and you're like you either missed your pants or you ran and And, and and I remember those 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 days, and I remember as a five or six year old, uh, like being a, at the back, like with the guys like away. And, and I remember my school swimming sports days, and and I realised that I was not gifted as a runner or a swimmer uh, over the hundred metres, and I and and and, and I, that I wasn't very fast. And and that for me, it was like a burn. I I dreaded. School athletic days. I didn't actually attend many of them as a high school student. So I was always unwell. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, what I learned uh, while I was in class, especially as a 12 to 15-year-old, was not very much. Um, I could not keep up, I mean, this is being real, I could not keep up in maths, English, or science. They're kind of important um, if you're in the academic kind of realm <laughs> that's a big word <laughs> so so I concluded that I wasn't very smart uh, you know there was a, there was another burn right there for me um, when I was 12 to 14 years old I just became a target for random bullying I know it was not cool I was I remember I would I I was punched in the head. I was walking out of the boys' toilets in Bulba Boys College. No apparent reason, a big guy just smacked me in the head. Um, I, I remember lining up at school, um, and I was quite small and skinny, obviously skinny, um, and, and my, for, for my age. And I remember lining up outside of the class, and there'd be two lines and I remember just being pushed around. Like I was the pinball. People would just go boing, 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 boing just be pushed around. I remember um, as a 12-year-old, dried grass being rammed down my throat on the playground, on the field, and I was scarred on my face for a few years because the guy's fingernail when he was doing it gouged my cheek. What I concluded about myself was that I wasn't very strong. And when I looked in the mirror, that also reflected back to me the truth. So as a young, as a teenager, I was exceptionally insecure about myself. I'd, um, I, I looked at those bummer moments in life and I realized you know, I'm not very smart. I'm not very strong. I'm not very intelligent. Um, I am, and a big part of my conclusion was I'm ashamed of me. I'm ashamed of who I am. And specifically, I'm ashamed of my body. Like that was just something I carried with me. I no longer carry that shame. That's, a good, that's the good news right there. But I was reflecting back to some of my ash heaps, and I was just like, man, I came out of my teenage years, and I felt like my identity was just one big ash heap. I'm ashamed of who I am. And the Holy Spirit did some amazing healing in my life, and that was awesome, and I, I, as I was preparing this, I just really felt like God wanted to break some shame off you today, <laughs> you know, especially around your body, around your image, around what you can't do and what you can do, around the limitations that you have perceived, because we can be so harsh on ourselves. We can be our own worst enemies at times and because just it seemed like as the world was judging me, I was judging myself and I did not felt like I passed the test of you know awesomeness <laughs> at that time. Thank you. <laughs> and when you judge you, you know, do you pass or fail? When you judge you in the mirror, when you judge you, you know, in the context of your life and family and social standing, you know, do you pass or fail? Matt um, Lansdowne, he was our conference preacher last week, and he shared with us about this vision that he had when he was out walking on a multi-parsite in Whangarei. And he was up on the top, and it was, you know, an amazing time of encounter with the heart of God for him. and And in that moment, He says this, Father God came over to him and laid down a gift, and it was like a treasure at his feet. And as this was given to him, he knew that this was a gift that would be a challenge. And when Matt looked at the gift, he was shocked to see that it was the gift of a newborn baby, of a newborn baby boy. And the father said to him, hey, I want you to take care of, of my son with me. But Matt said, I am not good enough. I, I, don't, I, I can't be trusted with your precious son. And then as he picked up the baby boy, God said, I want you to steward my sonship until it becomes flesh and blood and my, because my son has a name, and his name is important. His name is Matt Lansdowne. I have trusted you with you. And I want to treat yourself the way, I want you to treat yourself the way I would treat my baby boy. Awesome, eh? See, the father said, you're not your own. Stop abusing your child. Start loving him. Look after him you know as as followers of jesus as children of god one of our most one of our primary roles is to accept what the father says about us come on regardless of how we feel about ourselves and i want to remind you today that you are created in god the father's image and because of this you are better than you think you are you're precious <laughs> of high value. When the world has judged you, when life has burnt you, you have high value in the Father's eyes. Jesus loves to crown the ash heaps. Come on. He does. And I love Peter. I love the story of Peter, the disciple of Jesus. And he had a giant ash heap at one stage for Jesus to work with. Peter, he had denied Jesus three times. He had fled the scene. And, and he had left Jesus alone to face his accusers and to die alone, you know, on the cross. And Peter, he just like, oh, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm going back fishing. Yet Jesus remained faithful to Peter, and I love the scripture from uh, two Timothy two thirteen. It says, "If we're faithful, faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself." That's how close he considers us as himself, as sons and daughters. We're the vine, he is the branches, the same lifeblood that flows through him, flows into us. And so Jesus knew where to find Peter. He moved towards him and he and he bestowed on Peter the crown of beauty. He recommissioned him in that moment. He said, Feed my sheep. And then Peter became, you know, out of this place of ash, out of this place, his own denial of Jesus. Peter says, I am going to make you a pastor. I'm going to make you a shepherd. I am going to make you the apostle, the founding stone of the church. You know, obviously after Jesus is the cornerstone, I'm going to build my church on your life. I'm crowning you. Romans 5, 6 says that while we were still weak, just at the right time, Christ died for us. While we had an ash heap moment, (laughs) Jesus died for us. Let me read for you. I just want to read from Titus 3. It says this at verse 3. This is our, it starts with an ash heap picture of humanity. For we also once were foolish, ourselves disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we've done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. See, the kindness of God transcends through grace and the power of the Holy Spirit and becomes transformation in our lives. And the Greek meanings for restoration and renewing, renewing mean this. It means a new birth. It means a genesis moment, a rebirth, a spiritual renovation, a change of heart and life. And that is to make every aspect of our lives that is incomplete, complete. Everything that is unfinished, Finished. I just want to remind you today that God the Father is a specialist in your personal renovation, your personal restoration and renewal, and the pursuit of you. He is partnering with you to help you find the lost things in your life. Nothing missing, nothing lost, nothing broken. That is the definition of shalom, I think. The shalom of heaven is over your life. A piece of here oh it's just Holy Spirit <laughs> right now for everyone in this room we just receive that we receive that promise man we receive the promise of nothing lost nothing missing nothing broken I just release that over bodies right now <sighs> over identity lost identity in teenage years Words that were cruel and, and aimed and given out of own, own insecurity, we just decommission those lies right now. We de- decommission and disempower every lie and we release the shalom. We thank you for identities being restored right now, just for bodies, God. We just thank you for, we thank you, just give thanks for your body, <laughs> for your body type, for your looks. For your intelligence. We just give you thanks for creating us as we are. And we give back right now those distorted lenses and broken mirrors that have reflected to us the wrong expression of who we are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just, I want to just stay here just for a bit longer. Um, I just got to go after poverty again. Holy Spirit, right now, just for just for the walls of poverty around our, our lives. God, where we feel like we're not good enough, we don't have the right education, we don't have the right gift mix, where life has shown us that we aren't good with money, therefore we're disqualified from the expression and the experience of financial blessing, we surrender everything that has disqualified us or even this church, like we're talking about the people, God, of the, of this church, Father, everything that has disqualified us from financial freedom and blessing, God, even, even vocations, Oh, you're a so-and-so, so so you're not going to earn much. We release and we, we disassociate our lives from any vow of poverty right now in Jesus' name. We break the lies of poverty in Jesus' name. And we receive the abundant blessing of the Father as children. I just speak life over businesses. And we speak into this financial climate right now, the COVID climate over our community, and we break every accusation because of this virus. We break those words and, and, and assignments of death over, this, uh, over our community, over this region, and over this nation, and we release life. We release the crown of, of beauty, of authority. We, we take that, God, for our own nation and region, God and we release prosperity of finances and prosperity of soul and heart in Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.